You're listening to the Poncho Section, conversations about all things media and Mel Brooks. It's a podcast. And here's your hosts, Michael Canfer and Ethan Feldstein. All right, Ethan, let yes. me paint a picture for you. Okay. You're going out, you're going to go see see a show with some friends. Okay. You pretty much know what you're going to expect that night. You know, your friends introduce you to this band, you've listened <laughs> to their music, you've watched videos online, you know you're going to have a good time. Okay. So you show up at the show, and it turns out it's the opening act that blows your mind. Okay. Sounds, sounds pretty good? That's always a I pleasant mean, I'm surprise. I'm talking... R&B, funk, blues, soul. I'm talking not one, All things not I enjoy. two. Yeah. I'm talking not just one, not two, but three incredible voices. Adding some tight horns, a killer rhythm section. I mean, you got some out-of-this-world lyrics. And then, of course, some extremely stylish shades to uh, to top it off. <laughs> and what I'm talking about is the band Ghoulis. And we are uh, pleased today to have the pleasure of interviewing the lead singer, the the leader in chief, the head honcho. We don't we don't want to say commander in chief because <laughs> that that has a bad connotation these days. But we'd like to welcome Jules to the poncho section. What's up? Now, do you like being called Jules, Mr. Goulas? What's I, I like being called Jules. Jules, Jules is my yeah. name. Okay, Goulas well, is a pseudonym, though, so I like to say that I am Goulas, yeah. Excellent. Okay. Excellent. Um, it was a nickname given to me at a certain point. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah? What's the story behind that? Uh, I lived in Egypt for a couple of months, and there's no wow. J sound in the Egyptian dialect, so instead of calling me Jules, people would call me Goulas. That, now that, that makes sense, actually. That, that's really <laughs> awesome. Because I was actually wondering that. I was like, where's that come from? Alaska, United Oh, Alexa. Alexa. Thanks, Alexa. <laughs> Alexa's is uh, chiming into the podcast. That was interesting. Is is she? I'm not sure. All right. <laughs> oh, wait, this. Wait, can we continue with this? I, I want to keep going with I'm this. Just Alexa's it. the third, the, the third host. Yeah. I think you know. I think we should experiment with that in the future, though. That could be really fun. <laughs> I think that's worth its entire own episode. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. You should yeah. have Alexa on us again. <laughs> That could be fun. So, so just keep going. I don't understand your question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you were in Egypt for a few months, you said? Mm-hmm. In How did 2010. That come, 2010. How did that come about? Um, <laughs> uh, I had recently graduated college, mm-hmm. and um, I, had been working on a, I had been working on a project that had to do with Egypt and decided that I, it would be best for me to go spend some time there. So I did okay. a program to learn how to teach English as a foreign language and learn Arabic. And wow. just spent a few months there. So That's are you, incredible. Are you fluent in Arabic? Or? Not at all. Not at all, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but you could teach English. I can do that, yeah, <laughs> to a certain extent. Okay. Well, that's that's awesome. That's a great experience. So we know now a tiny little bit about you. What about the band? How did you guys get together? What, how did this whole thing get started? Um, well, um, this band that you guys saw in New York is, um, is a sort of family affair. It's the original crew. Um, it's mainly my project. I do all the heavy lifting. I do most of the songwriting. I do all the songwriting. I, um, I write most of people's parts, but I, I have musicians who I trust to work on their own parts, bring the, their own sort of style to the table. But uh, they're all a sort of motley crew of people I know from various places. Some of them I know, one of the backup singers I've known since I was five years old. One of the horn players is my cousin. The drummer is a guy I've been playing with since we were in high school together and then didn't play together for 10 years and then came back together to do this. 
Um, who else? Uh, the keyboard player went to my same college. We met through mutual friends. It's a big group of people. So, I mean, the, another backup singer and I went to college together. And then we've got a handful of subs who pop in here and out, here and there. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's whoever we can get, whoever I can get. I've got another band um, in Ghana as well, where I've lived back and forth for the last few years. Damn. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, that's also Ghoulis. Um, the, the newest Ghoulis album that's coming out in November was recorded half in Ghana and half here. Oh, with that's the two cool. bands, respectively. Okay. That's, that's awesome. That's yeah. really cool. Now, where'd you go to college? Sarah Lawrence in so, Yonkers. Okay. All right, mm -hmm. so pretty close by. Mm -hmm. But that's nice, though. You didn't have to reach out to anyone on Craigslist or something to you know, look for any musicians. That's right. We haven't done that yet. No, mm -hmm. everyone's, even the subs who've played one or two shows with us have been all you know, sort of friends of friends or musicians people in the band have played before. Yeah. That's and that, great. And that's got to make it easier, I guess, to like, you know, give, put in your you know, recommendations or things to get, to get out of people. And, for sure. Yeah. And, and in fact, the songs are generally very easy for most musicians. Mm -hmm. It's kind of all about the style that you bring to it. Yeah. The horn players sometimes have to do a little bit more work, but um, right. you know, a lot, a lot of these songs are just kind of like two chord songs. <laughs> are you? Uh, what's your background with, related to music? Is it classically trained? Where, uh, not learn? really. Not really. I can't say that, that at all. I was classically trained, um, but uh, I guess my first instrument was tap dancing. Okay, <laughs> um, that's awesome. When I was like eight years old, I started tap dancing, and uh, I did theater and sang, and you know, sort of the performative aspect of the band. I'm sure you can feel is it comes from a place of not just like wanting to be a rock star kind of vibe. Mm. Um, but uh, uh, I then played good piano, and then guitar, and then drums, and uh, in college, took did the music program two out of the four years I was there so I, I've been musically trained but not very well and not very <laughs> consistently and to no great degree in any one instrument um, it's been a very sort of like grab bag approach yeah. to <laughs> makeshift to you know mm -hmm. that's awesome so one of the things that really drew me to I mean first off you guys did a great performance but uh, on top of the music it was the lyrics they really got me. I mean, you have lyrics like, I'm the worst version of inner subversive coercion. I mean, that is a great <laughs> lyric. Thanks. That is incredible. So you touched a little bit on how you write, pretty much write all the music. Mm -hmm. How do you start? Do you typically start with the lyrics? Do you start with the music? Is it some it weird collaboration? Maybe you jam with the band sometimes? And That has not happened as of yet, though, like, that the door is always open to that happening. Um, if we're practicing and we have the time to jam, a lot of times we're practicing and we have a like, really tight window of time to get the practice in. But if we have the time to jam, funny things come out of it generally. But we've not had written a song that way yet. Um, generally for me, it's one of two ways. Either I come up with a lyric that turns into a song or I come up with a bit of music that then turns into a song. So. If I have a musical idea, I record it on my phone. Or if I have a lyrical idea, I write it down on my phone. That's, a, that's and very then, smart. Yeah, yeah, when I'm coming, when I'm like trying to sort of start to write up a new batch of songs, I'll dig into the files and put the pieces together. 
That's excellent. Cool. Very yeah, cool. there's no like one way. It just kind of things just sort of come together, and if it works, it works. Right? Yeah, I mean, like that song "Simple Pleasures" was literally just like me walking to the bathroom, being like "Simple Pleasures." Yeah, that's a song. <laughs> I actually wanted I wanted to talk to you about that because I was listening to that today. I was actually I was watching the video, which mm-hmm. I, I really enjoyed your dance moves. Thanks. Because you know I can I can try and mimic a little bit. You can't podcaster listeners can't see, mm-hmm. but um. Uh, so I actually wrote my own list of simple pleasures, and oh, I wanted and I wanted to see okay, cool. if you if you agree with these if these are some of yours. Go for it. Um, so mine mine might be a little lazier, but okay. we'll see. So one of them, my first one was napping. Love it. Napping. Okay. Huge proponent okay. of napping. So I napped that, earlier today. I nap that, almost every day. <laughs> that's fantastic. I tried to, although I had some coffee later, mm-hmm. on, and that that ruins everything. Uh-huh. This gets, which is another simple pleasure. I love coffee. Yeah, that's, that's in the right. song. That's in yeah. the song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the next one was, um, okay, listening to music, perhaps Schoolis. Of course. Or yeah. listening to a podcast, perhaps the poncho section, yeah. if you're interested. <laughs> um, going to the movies. Love it. Okay, awesome. Big fan. Mini golf. Uh, I could kind of take it or leave it, but I, I okay. get down. I, like, I, I, I back that as a simple pleasure. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fun. It's actually fun to, like, get drunk and go mini golfing. I, you know, it's funny you should say that. A good friend of mine has a, you know, really multi-million dollar idea i think to just yeah. have a mini golf course that has bars at every hole at every oh, hole like oh different themed bars at every hole that's yeah. brilliant. that is a great idea fantastic idea called me you could call it mini bar mini bar mini bar mm-hmm. i like I it i dig it yeah that'd be a lot that's at least 18 drinks that would get me to a mini, <laughs> go- a mini golf course yeah <laughs> no that's a great idea mm-hmm. i think uh, we should be investors in this set. yeah <laughs> all right so this we became got, a, uh, a business meeting <laughs> um yeah he's gonna be mad at me for letting you guys have that no no no, <laughs> no, no we, won't, we won't take it don't worry good um we got uh writing or journaling however that's fun that's yeah, a good for thing sure. to do just to kind of get your yeah. ideas out there sometimes yeah. that's a less than simple pleasure but it's always pleasurable that's true that's true yeah i think for me it starts out i'm like oh this will be a simple thing and then mm-hmm. i and then i start going mm-hmm. and i'm like oh this this yeah. turned into something way different mm-hmm. yeah could it be cathartic you know yeah it could be a cathartic pleasure now after mm-hmm. listening to the song i don't know if this was included in there but ice cream it was not included, but Cause, it, cause it was, was a simple pleasure. Okay, I love ice cream. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know why I can't. I've been eating a lot of ice cream lately, so mm-hmm. that, that's a good simple pleasure. Summertime. And, yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. And spending time with friends. You know? Totally. That's okay. So yeah. if there were to be uh, a simple pleasures verse. part two, yeah, or yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do, do a part two. Yeah, maybe you can send, some of send me that list. And okay. I'll, I'll poetize it. Okay. Cool. <laughs> I'm glad though we could all agree on those simple pleasures. I feel oh, like yeah. I feel like that's something. Were you worried that, some of them were controversial? I was worried. <laughs> I, was, I was worried napping might be controversial because oh, okay. I, I feel like there's a stigma with mm. napping. It's like, oh, you're lazy. No, napping. fuck that Protestant yeah. shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm glad. That's great. Um, but yeah, I was thinking about that. Like simple pleasures. I feel like that's something. Those are like things we all take for granted. Mm-hmm. Like things we do. Like even napping. It's like something you do, but you don't think about like the joy it brings, or you wake up feeling really refreshed. Yeah. And even if you're having a bad day or something, you know, you can think about mm-hmm. back to the simple pleasures. Like at least I had my coffee today, or whatever it is. Yeah. So I feel like that's yeah, that's super important. I agree. Yeah. yeah. It, it it gets you through the day, little ones as you go. Yeah. It's all about gratitude, thinking about those little things, those little simple pleasures. Mm-hmm. I like that. Excellent. Yeah, that's excellent. So my favorite song that, that you guys have is Robot Love. Cool. And, I mean, the, again, like the lyrics and the, the music is, are all great. And please correct me if I'm wrong, but for the, the listeners, the idea of the song, at least that I understood, was that the robots have taken over, so we've decided to challenge them to a dance-off and unintentionally have fallen in love 
with one of the robots. Yep, that's basically it. Yeah. <laughs> I I don't know. There's something I just love about that that's just so great. And I was curious, what was the writing process of that? Like, how did what was the impetus of that mm-hmm. whole thing? Um, I wish I could remember more clearly. That that what's funny about that is that's a song I wrote for the first record and we just didn't do it. We mm. had like a little bit too much on our plate to get that one done and we just pushed it off to the second one. So it's been a long time since I wrote that. I can't exactly remember. But <clears throat> um there's like a general intent in a lot of the Gula songs to have like a playful attitude towards an apocalyptic environment. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> Uh, and that's definitely one of those songs. <laughs> I, I just I remember hearing it at the at the show, and then uh, listening to it over and over again. I've probably listened to it an unhealthy amount of times. Cool, but just every time I just laugh. I just it, it's just an enjoyable song. That's good. I'm glad to hear that. I mean, it was also when we did record it, we sort of intended at that point. To, at, especially at the end of it, to try and, try and play a joke off of the, the song Mrs. Goulis, where mm-hmm. it's like he is trying to get Mrs. Goulis to text him back or something, and then it, she won't, so he just he goes for Mrs. Robot instead. Yeah. <laughs> um, when in doubt, go yeah. with the robots. Go with the right. robots. <laughs> I mean, it's not so far away from our current modern love situation in the world. <laughs> um, it scares me, but I'm glad you have a good attitude about it. Yeah, you know, whatever there is to love, I'll be down. Yeah. <laughs> So we have currently two albums. Mr. Goulis presents. Oh, sorry. Goulis no, yeah. presents Mr. Goulis, mm-hmm. and then Goulis presents Rid- ridiculous. Yeah, ridiculous. Ridiculous. Yes. Yes. ridiculous. Yes. And you mentioned there's a third album, yeah. which has been partially recorded. It's been fully recorded. Oh, it's been fully it's, recorded. It's nearly done, actually. Okay, um, so we're just kind of po- postponing the release to get the get our ducks in a row with all Excellent. that. Excellent. So what I want to know is, what do we have to look forward to with that album? Um, I'm, I'm really excited about that album. So that, that album's called Ghoulis in Love. Um, it's all love songs. They're all just as silly as the first two albums, but they're all love songs this time, specifically. Um, the album tells like a kind of fun, sad story, um, and uh, I think it's a kind of more sonically exciting, atmospheric album. It's got like a kind of world to it, I think. Um, and the most exciting thing I, be- I think about it is that half the album was recorded in Ghana in West Africa. Um, yeah, that's wild. That's band. really cool. Yeah. So, I mean, I tried to draw as much, uh, uh, both as much attention to that and as little attention to that as possible in the music. I wanted both to do music that was more overtly influenced by African artists that I'm a fan of or that I've worked with over there. Uh, but at the same time, I wanted to do the album in such a way where listeners might not know which song was done by which band. Yeah. Um, oh, that's cool. Yeah. I didn't want people to think like, oh, well, that's obviously the Africa band. Oh, that's obviously the New York band. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of the songs are more like obviously influenced in different directions on that subject for both bands, um, sure. which was really fun. Um, yeah. So I... I was uh, in Ghana for the first three months of the year. That was my, the fourth time I've spent some time living there. I made a film there a couple of years ago and have a handful of friends who I work with over there in music and in film. And uh, I was over there working on a new film and then in the meantime had been writing all these songs and uh, hired a band who's a friend of mine's band over there and we recorded the first half of the album in Accra in Ghana. And then as soon as I got back, literally... The day I got back, we had practice with the New York band, and the next day we went to Philly for three days to record the rest of the album. Wow. That's awesome. That's so, incredible. 
So no time to rest. Just no, went right to yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right in. Wow. So Ghana. So what? What led you to Ghana? I'm very curious about that. Um, when I was in college, I heard the music of Fela Kuti. Do you guys know his music? I don't know. Oh, he's he's a name you guys we'll should check it out now. With. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he's like sort. He created the genre known as Afrobeat. Okay. In yes. the 70s, six, late 60s, early 70s. He was, uh, he was like a kind of jazz and high-life musician in Ghana and Nigeria in the 60s, and then he mm. came to America and saw James Brown and was completely blown away and kind of yeah. brought that ethos to like uh, an African pop music sensibility that was way beyond pop, honestly. Like almost every song was like 15 minutes long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, he was a major, major musical revolutionary, both politically and musically. Okay. He, um, the government of Nigeria raided his house several times. They threw his mother out of a window. He Jesus. declared his, his home and compound an independent state within Nigeria as a way to fight against the government. <laughs> um, he was a very, very powerful and interesting uh, figure in musical history in the second half of the 20th century, especially in Africa, but all over, really. He's a kind of a lesser-known Bob Marley type of figure. Okay. Um, yeah, well, clearly, because we didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, when I heard his music in college, I decided immediately that I wanted to go spend time studying abroad in West Africa to learn more about the music there, especially like sort of 20th century pop music there. Yeah. Um, and so I went on a program to Ghana in 2009. Okay. And uh, spent six weeks during that program doing an independent study with a handful of sort of very popular musicians in Ghana. Uh, and those were connections I maintained for the next several years. I came up with an idea for a film, and I reached mm -hmm. out to them to see if they were interested in doing it, and they all said yes. So me and one person flew out to Nigeria and Ghana and made this film in about seven weeks and then finished it over the next two and a half years. And uh, that film toured festivals last year and is like in, really? in talks with a distribution oh, wow. deal now. So Full length? Mm -hmm. Full length feature, wow. It's called Pastor Paul. It's about a white Pastor guy Paul. who gets possessed by a ghost. It's a comedy. Wow. <laughs> okay. Well, how'd you come up with that idea? That's crazy. Uh, I read this article about this like white NGO worker who got asked to play uh, a preacher in a Nollywood film. Nollywood is the kind of Nigerian film industry. It's like mm -hmm. straight to home video, very low budget, a lot of witches and wizards and demons and spirit possession and stuff like that. Awesome. He got hired. I read this article with this guy who was there doing some other humanitarian kind of work or something and got asked to play a preacher in a movie and felt really uncomfortable with it. I thought it was hilarious, but that he, <laughs> I thought he didn't really understand how hilarious it was, but I yeah. did. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and then I had this idea, well, what if he gets possessed by a ghost while he's playing a ghost in a ghost movie? And then... That's, <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, and then I decided it was a movie I really wanted to make. So the okay. second time I went back there was to make this film. The third time I went back was to premiere the film in 2015 when it first finished. We did our first premiere there okay. with a live show. The, most of the guys in the film are musicians uh, in West Africa. And uh, so when the film ended, we had this big live performance, and that was a fantastic experience. And yeah, that sounds that, awesome. That's kind of what led me back to doing music. I did music a lot in high school. I stopped for a long time. Uh, okay. I did it a little bit in college. I did the music programs and I did a little funk cover band in college that was like a larger undertaking than it might seem. But mm. then afterwards, I didn't do music again for a good five, six years. And doing this film and this performance in Ghana 
sort of kicked it back into gear. Also, yeah. the one of the main guys in the film is this uh, 48-year-old Nigerian guy named Funcho, who's become a mentor of mine. He wrote that song, Tie Me Up, if you guys... Oh, yeah. oh okay. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Um, he has recorded a version of it that's never been released that's totally fantastic, and I asked him if I could cover it, and he said yes, so only my version exists for public experience. But why, why won't he release his version? I don't know. It's not done, I guess. It's like it's not entirely mixed. He might want to add some things here and there. Yeah. But like he just works way slower, um, and okay. he's not in any rush to get it out there. And no. he's already gotten attention for the song because we did it, and then because we did it, a friend mm. of mine like asked him for the stems and did it like a club remix for, of the song. That's so cool. Um, not our version of Funcho's yeah, version. Yeah, anyway, but yeah, when Funcho, like Funcho was the musical director on that show in Ghana, mm -hmm. and uh, he kind of saw me coming alive musically, just sort of adding things that he wasn't expecting because he saw me as a filmmaker at the time more yeah. so. And he was like, I think you should do music more again. And I was like, yeah, I was thinking about connecting it more into my filmmaking. And he was like, no, you need to do it separately. And I was oh, like, really? word. <laughs> so well, I mean, great. they could connect too, though. I mean, they have as well. Yeah. Um, but it, he was right to tell me not to do it that way, to, to, okay. to like have music as its own thing in my so life as, like as well. like a separate outlet as well. Mm -hmm. Now, where can we find this film if somebody, wants to, Paul, right? yeah, if somebody wants to look for it? Um, it's still in this deal to get distribution right now. So I okay. would say like by the end of 2017, early 2018, I can definitely hook you up with a link to where to stream Excellent. or buy yeah. it or whatever. Very much looking forward yeah. to that. But yeah, it, not quite yet. But yeah, so, it's and, and it seems that, I mean, your musical influences definitely vary so what are obviously you have uh this guy that has become a mentor to you mm -hmm. what are some of the other influences um for your music or your other passion projects or for film yeah uh, well for for music and in certain ways for film as well i have no uh sort of higher god than prince oh um, yeah okay. <laughs> uh, oh yeah i think you know those of us who have taken Prince fandom to extreme extents can like uh, can understand each other to a certain way, but like I, it's hard for me to explain to you how much I love Prince. <laughs> um, I'll just say I love him a lot. All right, fair, fair. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I'd say you know Prince and the things that sprawl outward from Prince, so things like Shaka Khan and uh, yeah. Sly and the Family Stone and James Brown and. Sure. Uh, Little Richard and Cab Calloway and like that whole tradition of big performative big band music, um, dance driven music, uh, front man driven music. That's a big thing for me. Yeah. <clears throat> Little Richard's still around, right? He oh, is. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Still wearing his wigs. Still the originator. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sadly in the closet. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, the church will do a number on you, I guess. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, but I also, you know, I like grew up listening to indie rock and stuff like that, and mm -hmm. that's definitely a part of it. And uh, I'm a huge fan of a number of Brazilian artists. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, uh, contemporary African music has been a big influence of mine as well because hands, hand, I have a handful of friends who do that. Mm -hmm. um, uh, one of the other guys who was in the film who I've worked with on a handful of projects is this guy, One Love the Kubolo, who's also a huge influence on me. Um, in a, he and I work together, and he's also not that much older than me in the way that Foon shows more of a mentor, though I've mm. learned a ton from working with One Love. Uh, he is uh, 
he is like a kind of living legend. Like there's a way in which knowing him feels like you're knowing today's Bob Marley or Fela Kuti or someone like that. Um, he's a he's a completely legitimate genius. He's a filmmaker and a musician. He's a rapper and a guitar player, singer, etc. Uh, and wow. his yeah, <laughs> his music balances politics and humor in a way that I can only aspire to. He does so sure. like with gymnastic ability. Um, and remains hilarious and provocative at every level, and so they, you know those are the, tri- the the kinds of things I try to attempt to do as well. Awesome. That's very cool. <laughs> yeah, I'm always amazed at the like variety of influences people have. You know, I was just watching the other day the um, very sad documentary, the Amy Winehouse documentary. Oh man! And yeah, that was that was brutal. Mm. Uh, but I definitely recommend it for those of you who haven't seen it. Fantastic. But, um, but the end, um, I don't know if you remember. Um, she does a recording session with Tony Bennett, mm-hmm. and she completely like breaks down. She's like like fangirling out, like yeah. she can't <laughs> she can't contain it. And I just don't th- like. I mean, I you know Tony Bennett's great, but I just like I would never think of like that connection, right? You know, it's right? Just, it's amazing to me that Prince was obsessed with Joni Mitchell. I mean, like yeah. that, there's weird ones like that out there yeah. for sure. It's just really interesting to me, you yeah. Know, the variety. I probably got a couple weird ones, but I can't think of any right now. And what about in film? Um. That's a, that's a little harder for me to nail down. I kind of know the things that like I grew up being like that's what I love, and yeah. that was like Herzog, Jarmusch, sure. shit like that. You know what I mean? Like kind of hipster movie shit. But yeah. like I just saw Jarmusch's last one, um, Patterson. Patterson. Yeah, it was all right. It was okay. I, yeah, I wasn't crazy about the poetry. I mean, yeah. um, he he farmed that out to third party poets. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah. <laughs> he and I sat next to each other on the train one time though. That was oh, really, really funny. Yeah, we just like we got there was. It's a long, it's a silly story, but the train was full and we both decided to just wait for the next one. And we were like, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) Um, but yeah, I mean, I still, I still love all that stuff. I love a bunch of stuff. I mean, I like, I like silly movies. Um, Mm -hmm. I like, like, you know, I find you can learn a lot about people's movie tastes by knowing like what's their trash that they go to. Mm. Like, do they go to action adventure trash? Do they go to like um, rom-com trash? Do they go yeah. to like stupid frat humor trash? Do mm. they go to like the SNL crowd's got a movie deal trash or yeah. like whatever, whatever, you know what I mean? Like, and the, I, I probably go for like the the comedy trash versus the like big exploded trash. Oh, yeah, know? definitely <laughs> comedy from, for me yeah. too. I, I mean, well, say. we just did a, a Neil Breenathon yesterday. Yeah, but that's, that's in its own Who's category. That? Neil Breen, so do you know... <laughs> that's a whole, that's yeah, a whole podcast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that could be its own podcast. Do you know, like, The Room? The Room. Yes. Yeah. Um, that's yeah. Tommy Wiseau? Right, yeah. yes. So it's one of those movies where it's so bad that it's built, like, a cult following right, around right, it. Right, right, right. Yeah. He's similar to Tong Wai So in that he has these movies that are just. Uh, there, I mean, there. I guess it's similar, except he has a bunch of them. Like uh-huh, it's not like right. just one movie. You he should has a see. Few. It. You guys should watch some Nollywood movies. Yeah. If you like that kind of I'm, stuff, I'm intrigued by those. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Nollywood movies like there's a big kind of like laugh value factor among like kind of like film heads in America and in the West in general, just because it's like, oh my god, look how crazy this production value is. It's so low. The sound <laughs> is terrible. Look at that crazy After Effects thing 
whatever. But like, there's there's a lot to unpack there. I mean, like, yeah. and these dudes in Nigeria are making like a fucking hundred movies a year. Like, they're damn yeah, like the, the prolific. <laughs> so they're like making a movie in three days, editing it in three days, putting it out on the market the next yeah. day, and starting the next one. The yeah, next that's one. that doesn't happen here. No, <laughs> it's it's wild, and like yeah. you gotta kind of like add a boy for that shit because yeah. it's just like they're churning those motherfuckers out. It's incredible. <laughs> I mean, I'm impressed by Woody Allen's one a year. I mean, that's oh, just... Bay, yeah. that guy. <laughs> well, yeah, well, of course. Well, there's there's the other stuff, too, but just the uh, the volume. Yeah. 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 I mean, I yeah, I do value people for the prolific output alone, but not him. But yeah. <laughs> but others in yeah. general, yeah. Totally understandable. So I want to just quickly bring things back to the albums. Mm-hmm, and yeah. so you just finished recording the last one. Mm-hmm. Do you have any fun, ridiculous stories about... Either this current recording or the last two albums. Uh, yeah, probably plenty. I mean, the first two albums we did in the same way. I got um, our our recording engineers who we've worked with on all three albums in the states. Um, our friends, the drummer in my band, has a band called Carol. That's kind of big indie rock band. Mm-hmm. They've toured a bunch. Hmm. Um, they're fantastic, and uh, our guitar player, our main guitar player who usually plays with us is part of Carol as well, and Brian, who's kind of the lead guy in Carol, has been our engineer. And um, for the first two sessions, they brought all their gear up to my mother's place in Jersey, and we got everyone to spend like four nights in a row together in the house and recorded the whole time. That's uh, awesome. And it wasn't like we were like, you know, setting up in the house to like get the perfect sound and find the perfect place to record and like feel out the songs and make them into their, you know, whatever. It was just like, we here's the songs. We've got this time and space to do this. We banged it out. And we tracked the whole, both both albums, we tracked the whole things in one day. And oh, then, man. I mean, not the vocals and excess stuff, but like every, every one of the bands playing live together. There's no, the only things we overdub are vocals and a little bit of percussion. Wow. That's incredible. Um, so, yeah, and it allows us to work fast so we can yeah. do seven or eight songs in a day, you know? Yeah. Um, but those kind of like sleepover party aspects of the thing are always really funny, um, especially because there's a funk, there's like a funky wide age range in the group. Um, there's two of our horn players are sophomores in college. They're 19 or 20 years <laughs> okay. old. And then like me and the bass player are, and the backup singers are all 30 or near 30 mm. or a little bit over 30. Um, right. so like, yeah, it's a big gap. Yeah. When all of us are hanging out together, it's very much like a family affair. There's like the kids doing their thing and the like adults smoking pot. And then, yeah. Like, <laughs> um, yeah. uh, but yeah. And then the third one was like a little bit crazier cause the guys in Carol had now set their recording equipment up pretty stable in a new space in Philly mm. that they are running now which is great um, but so we brought the band to Philly for this recording uh, and there was the aspect of doing half of it in Ghana which was kind of crazy we like where I was going to have horns in Ghana but at the last minute the guys who we were hiring up their rate and I was like you know what I've got free horn players in New York I'm just going to have them over- overdub the horns on all eight songs so um, I had these like rough mixes of the first four songs on the album that I sent out to the horn players a week and a half in advance. And I was like, all right, learn your parts. Like we're (laughs) going to have to do this right away. As soon as we get to the studio. (laughs) No Um, pressure. Yeah. And we like spent the weekend in Philly the night we got there, we practiced. And then when practicing was done, we just like tracked the hell out of the horns on the Africa songs. Um, and then, uh, the next day did the rest of the album there. Very cool. Yeah. That's awesome. They're probably like funnier anecdotal stories, but they're not popping into my mind at the moment. 
Hey, I found that yeah. interesting. That's process. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so back in June, mm-hmm. you released a music video for the song oh, American yeah. You, mm-hmm. which awesome song. I loved the video. It was really fun. What was that experience running around like L.A. dressed up as a yeah. Statue of Liberty? Uh, that was a funny day. Um, <laughs> so the guy I was talking about with the mini golf bar idea and <laughs> the same guy who I brought with me as my only crew member to make Pastor Paul in Ghana, he, mm-hmm. that's my friend Adam Abada who directed that video. Okay. Um, and he shot the video for Times and he produced the video for Simple Pleasures. But this is the first video that he actually like conceived of and directed for me, which was really fun. He it looks pro- great. Yeah, he did a magnificent job with yeah. it. I couldn't be happier with his work on it. I, I, otherwise, I've directed all the videos. I've conceived of all the videos. Um, even the animated one, which I had no hand in animating. That was all my concept, yeah. essentially. Um, but yeah, Adam's a really close collaborator, and he's been a huge fan and proponent of the music since I started with it. Um, and... I was in L.A. in November, like a week and a half after Trump won the election, and he was like, we got to make this video for American You. This is the idea. And I was like, word, that's a good idea. Um, (laughs) And uh, so when I got back from Ghana and we finished recording in Philly, I I went out to L.A. just a couple of weeks later and spent about two weeks there with us prepping for that video and another video for a song from the new album, which we only shot half of out there. Okay. Um, But we kind of had to mash them into the same few days we like did most of the one from the new album in one day and then had a day off and then the next day did all of american you and at the end of the day finished the piece that we were going to do out there for the other one it was a very busy weekend um but uh yeah we had a we had a wild time getting the costume together that's part of why i came out early um we we worked with this company called la rocks which Hmm. are an amazing group of people who make costumes for like fucking lady gaga's backup dancers at the super bowl and shit like that they make like Nicki minaj's outfits and iggy azalea's outfits like they're they like made the red jumpsuit britney spears wore in the oops i did it again oh my god wow they're like a stalwart (laughs) la costuming company big stuff um and they happen to be friends of friends the guy who owns the company and so uh adam and i had a meeting with them we told them the idea they told us where we should go in the fashion district to buy fabric and we found them what we needed we brought it to them. They designed the costume beautifully. Uh, we went to a, another costume shop and got makeup and tried to sort of like figure out our way of getting the face paint right. It ended up being surprisingly easier than we thought. Um, we woke up super early in the morning. I spent about an hour and a half getting my face paint and arm paint on. Um, <laughs> and then we went out to downtown Hollywood and just started doing our thing. <laughs> um, and I think, you know, Adam and I have kind of gotten used to this together. We've, like, found a rhythm of going into public in, in ridiculous situations and costumes and just filming. We did it yeah. for, like, six weeks in, in, in West Africa. So, okay, <laughs> like, yeah. doing it on the streets <laughs> in downtown L.A. around a bunch of tourists who, like, there's a bunch of other people actually doing that for money. We were just yeah, shooting right. it as a video and, they, like, kind of just blended right in. People didn't seem to give a second thought. Yeah. Um, and the first part of it was like kind of hilarious for those reasons because we were in the thick of it with everyone. Yeah. Uh, and then the next part was going out into Griffith Park, which was a little more exhausting just because we had to do this kind of walking around in the sun in the middle of the yeah. day vibe. And I yeah. like was holding an umbrella and looking even more eccentric. <laughs> um, 
And then after we were done there, we got in the car and drove three and a half hours to Joshua Tree to get the last few shots. So like yeah. that was also a big pain in the ass. But it was really fun. Um, and by the end of the day, I was really frustrated and sick of it and wanted to get the hell out of the makeup and the costume. And when I did, I was relieved, but still a little cranky. But uh, but all in all, like it was a, it was a really very productive day where we were all like kind of thoroughly psyched on what we were accomplishing. And being in the in the in the Statue of Liberty costume on Hollywood Boulevard was especially funny when this dude walked by and he was like, I think you're in the wrong city. <laughs> I was like, yeah, man, you got it. <laughs> well, we did notice one girl in the background yes, waving. waving. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was like, it works perfectly, though. I think yeah. the first shot where I say a lyric, I think when I turn to the camera and say infiltrators, you can see behind me there's an Asian woman tourist having her picture taken with me doing the Statue of Liberty pose. <laughs> She's like right behind me and her friend takes a picture and then she like... It's good. That's awesome. Yeah, there's tons of hilarious footage from that day that we didn't make it into the video, unfortunately. Oh, yeah, some <laughs> yeah. good outtakes. For sure. Oh, that's awesome. Excellent. I, yeah, I feel like L.A. and New York are probably the two cities where you can get away with stuff like that. And, like, some people might, like, notice something, but, like, just, like, in New York especially, you know, there's I feel people like doing, it's, doing all kinds of things. Once you start doing it, it starts being surprising how easily you can get away with it anywhere. I just, yeah. made, I just like, gorilla yeah. shot a short in a Vegas casino, and nobody stopped me. Oh, yeah, um, that's great. And I, the whole time I was like setting up tripods on the casino floor, and I was like, "This is, is not going to last long." And just nobody stopped. Nobody me. stopped you. <laughs> no. Vegas of all places. That's interesting. It's uh, confidence. You got to just go in. Yeah, I'm supposed to be doing this. <laughs> I, guess. I guess you just got to try it. The worst that can happen is someone says you got to take this away. Right. Yeah, gotta... yeah, that's my thought. Is just like, yeah. okay, like let me figure out what the worst case scenario is, and we just shot in the casino that wasn't the one where we were spe- sleeping that night. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Well, that's smart. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. If we get kicked. Out, let's get kicked out of one we don't have a reservation in. You know? Right, <laughs> that's great. So you were saying <clears throat> that you essentially come up with most of the ideas for the music videos, and there were two that really stuck out in my mind. One of them, Simple Pleasures, mm. and the other one were was uh, If I Were, because mm. I just felt there there was like a there's a simplicity about those, but they're fun and weird and creative, and they fit the music like perfectly. Cool. And I was obviously you're the one who came up with it, but what was the connection that you made, at least from the music to that video, that you're like, oh yeah, this is this is the concept that we're gonna do. Mm-hmm. Well, simple pleasures is the easiest to explain because um, I'm a fan of videos that are like in front of a white psych and have that kind of vibe to them. There's a lot of you know famous ones that are that I love, um, but. Uh, yeah, I just thought it would be funny to like have the horns pop in just on their parts and have them not even be looking like they're playing. And then, yeah. you know, there's all these specific objects mentioned. I was like, if I can get my hands on objects, yeah. I should just try and make this happen. There was like a few different <laughs> versions of the concept. In one, I was going to like switch locations from verse to verse. and mm. like, But then I was just like, nah, it's better if the whole thing's just in this background. And the idea was like, the video will be simple and pleasant. That's yeah. the song. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah it works. And then the If I Were video was like a sort of actually a kind of trial by error situation. Um, All of the videos on the, the first album has videos for every song. And all of those videos were shot on my iPhone. Um, Really? Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, Could not tell. No. Yeah, that's, yeah. Man, man, I, I don't want to sell the iPhone to you, but like that (laughs) camera's good. Good Um, job. You're not endorsed by Apple. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, uh. Yeah, I mean, I grew up in this house with this ridiculous tiny half bathroom with these silly mirror tiles, which I've always found funny and taken silly pictures with, manipulating faces with and whatnot. 
and uh, I was in the bathroom and I had this idea and I set up the, this, the tripod and the phone. Actually, that was before I had a tripod for my phone and I just like set up a series of stacked things <laughs> and then just like stuck my iPhone in a plant. Yeah. Um, I have a really funny clip of that whole contraption falling down that <laughs> while the iPhone was rolling. Um, but yeah, I mean like I did it, I did it once with that setup and uh, I was like, oh, this is like way cooler than I thought it was. And then I showed it to Adam, the same dude. I show him a lot of stuff that I'm working on as I'm editing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he makes a living as an editor, so he often has good notes for specifically for the edit. But he was like, you know, your chin keeps getting cut off in the shot. You should just redo it again. I ended up like doing eight takes of that thing um, because it has to be like a single take shot yeah. directly yeah. looking into the camera which was the craziest thing because the song's at half speed. So it's already a five-minute song. It's now a 10-minute song. Yeah. And I'm in a bathroom with no lights on except <laughs> for the flash coming out of the camera so I know where to stare. And yeah. I have to stare directly into the flash <laughs> in the mirror. So I'm just like staring in the mirror into a flash in the dark for 10 minutes, like eight times in yeah. a row. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Uh, and then there was the shot of the blue sky, mm-hmm. which was, uh, again, kind of an accident. I like went outside. There was not a single cloud in the sky. I was having a cigarette. I put the phone on a chair and put my head in front of it. And I was like, that's a hell of a shot. Yeah. I, was ha- I had the face paint on already because yeah. I was doing yeah. it in the mirror shot. It was, um, all, it was all set up for you. Yeah. The funny thing was originally I, had the, I was like, okay, I'm going to do it in face paint in like dark. And I'm like, it's just going to be light on my face with the face paint. That's going to be it. So I was like, the shot I had in my mind was pure blackness with just like the a face mm. and light on it mm-hmm. and i was not able to accomplish that in the bathroom but what i was able to accomplish was like cooler and i was like all right we're, let's let's roll with it i dig um, it but yeah that's how that one went that's awesome mm-hmm. yeah it's funny how certain things work out that way so there's a video that i'm curious about asking you mm-hmm. and it was on your youtube channel okay <laughs> And is it an old one? It, it's definitely an old one. <laughs> Probably should clean that thing up. <laughs> and it's related to the Goofy movie. Oh, yeah, man. Oh, oh okay. okay. I'll, I'll defend that. Up. I'll defend that all with all my heart. And I mean, it was great. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. It was great. But like, I was like, this is awesome. This yeah, is yeah. I mean, there you go. That's like a, w- a good window into my origins, man. <laughs> um, let's see. I was probably 15 or 16 when we made that. I've been a huge fan of the Goofy movie since it came out, and I will say that the reason why is because of the fucking awesome songs by Powerline. Yes. Powerline, played by Tevin Campbell, mm-hmm. discovered by Prince. Yep. Yep. Um, oh, wow. So, okay. like, before I knew how deep my love for Prince went, <laughs> I was it was sparked by the Goofy movie otherwise. I actually remember uh, seeing the Goofy movie in theaters. So yeah. I was like, wow, it's been five years old. Six, mm-hmm. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Powerline is yeah. <laughs> fantastic. And those songs, I still know every word. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I had, a, I had a group of friends who used to make a handful of silly movies. We, some of them, like, were less ridiculous. <laughs> some of them, like, had little scenes. But that one was just like, all right, this song is hilarious. We're going to make this thing. And that's what that is. <laughs> the, the thing that really stuck out to me was there, there was actually, like, some legit thought in the editing there. And I was like, yeah. oh, damn. Yeah, it was impressive. <laughs> this yeah. is, like, this is really good. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> like, the, there's the scenes where you guys are, like, hopping around the, um, there's, like, a bench in a oh, park. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And there's, know. like, it's, like, to the music and everything. And I'm like. All right. I've always All liked right. editing. Yeah, I make I make some of my living editing as well. So okay. That's, you know, okay. Mm-hmm. that's <laughs> what I was working on today that made me late. Actually. Okay. It's all good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you use? Uh, 
Adobe. Yeah, Premier? he was Premiere. I'm actually Premiere now. Yeah. Oh, I, I'm doc, I'm editing this documentary for a guy who's been playing percussion in the Goulas Band. He, oh, he was nice. not with us at the Webster Hall show. Okay. Okay. Um, but uh, he's been with us at a bunch of shows lately. And he and I met because he came to Ghana to do a documentary while I was there, and I introduced him to a lot of the folks who are in it. And now I'm cutting it for him. Awesome. That's yeah. great. Yeah. That's a good deal. So what? Upcoming shows do you have? Let's let's yeah, promote do, do that. Plugs. Let's, yeah, let's plug that. Plug and time. when's this going to come out? This will come out on the twenty fourth of uh, this month. Oh, yeah, okay. So cool. I believe you have something. We have on something that two days later. Yeah, yeah. yeah we've got something on the twenty sixth at twelve thirty at Rockwood Music Hall. Twelve thirty a.m. Oh, because that's the Saturday cool venue. Yeah, like excellent. Rockwood yeah, Rockwood's great. Yeah. This will be our first time playing Rockwood. The Booker there was really lovely. They told us they didn't want to waste our time at the small stage, so we're straight to the big stage. Damn, they've got us on a night with a bunch of other cool bands, and we're playing at the end of the night. So that's awesome. It should be a fun vibe. I would say people should get there at eleven. I heard the other band before us is really really good. Um, but yeah, so we've got the show at the twenty sixth at Rockwood. At, Midnight 30, and then we've got a show on the 9th of September at Pianos. Okay. Another, good Another venue. cool venue, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we like playing at Pianos a bunch. Um, and uh, I, something I want to say there's something on the 21st happening, but I can't be sure about that yet. September is going to be a busy month for us, and I think hopefully we're going to play a couple of shows in some nearby towns, Philly and D.C. and Baltimore, potentially. Oh, excellent. Um and then October, I'm going to go back to Ghana for the month. We're going to do a big show there to promote the album release, which will be first week of November. I'm, wow, that's so cool. Excellent. I'm <laughs> looking forward to that album. Let's go to Ghana. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not busy. Poncho section in Ghana. Why not? Oh, yeah. Travel. Yeah. Travel show. Yeah. Let's do <laughs> it. Up. Yeah. So thank you so much. Yeah, I thanks guess for having me. Yeah, this is awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, go check out Ghoulis. Where you guys are everywhere. We're Facebook, everywhere. Facebook, YouTubes, mm -hmm. uh, Bandcamp, SoundCloud. Everywhere music and music videos yeah, are found. iTunes. Yeah, I just thought people just Google Spotify, it and it should, it should Google come it. up. And yeah. mm -hmm. There's not that many other things with ghoulis in Google. Right. Except yeah. for these weird Japanese toys, which were ghoulies. Oh. A single one was a ghoulie. Okay. And some ghoulies. So if you see Japanese toys, <laughs> you've got to the wrong place. Yeah. <laughs> Turn yeah. That's how you know. Yeah. They're, they're, I think on Twitter and maybe in one other place where G's double zero L-I-S instead mm. of double O L-I-S. Oh, okay. Because we had to do that because of... I wasn't about to pay $1,000 or some shit. But, yeah. Uh, I think with the website. Oh, no. What we have... We have ghoulispresents.com. Right. But we yeah. also have G double zero L-I-S.com because I couldn't mm. get ghoulis.com. Because someone oh. wanted $1,000 for it. And I was like, so go weird. Those bastards. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, man. All right, cool. Well, I think we're all set, right? Yeah. We, nice. we covered a lot. Yeah. Right, and thanks fun. again. You know sure. what? Yes. I should actually promote one more thing. Please do. Sure. Um, I have these great new managers, um, and one of them I met because he hired us to do a film score last year for a movie with Willie Nelson in it. Oh, which damn. Which should be cool. So people should keep their eyes out for this movie called My Cricket and Me. My Cricket and Me? My Cricket and Me. Okay. Um, we did the score, and Willie Nelson's in it. And Willie Nelson's in it. That's yeah. so cool. And it's a, it's a fun fucking movie. All right. And it should Excellent. be out maybe next year or the year after. Okay. You, you heard it here. Go check out some fun fucking movies. <laughs> My Cricket and Me. Yeah. All right. Excellent. Very cool. Well, thank you again, and thanks for listening, guys. We'll catch you next time. Peace.